thank you, Evangelist, for um, having me, and um, it's an honor. This morning, I just want to I want to share about God's wisdom in your mouth, and um, and I'm, I'm coming from Colossians chapter four, verses five and six. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to speak your word to your people. And Father, I thank you that as we talk about your wisdom in our mouths, that you'll give us the wisdom um, that we need to make sure that we are speaking words that, that are filled with grace, words that will build up, words that will pierce the heart and bring the heart to the cross. And Father, I thank you, Father, for supernatural utterance and Father, we give your name glory and honor. I thank you, Father, for what you're doing on this prayer line, Father. I thank you for um, my cousin, um, Evangelist Deborah. I thank you for using her all these years before, way before the prayer line was ever on the on, on popular. I thank you that she had the prayer line way back when and that she's consistent with it. I give your name glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning I was, was praying and, and didn't know quite sure where the Lord would lead me. And, and um, I came in my heart between the last couple of days to talk about God's wisdom in your mouth. Um, what we say and how we live are, are important to God. Some people just say things, you know, say whatever they feel, feel like saying. Some people live any kind of way. But th that's not the way that the Lord has instructed us to, to live. Um, as, as believers, as faithful believers in Christ, we're called to live by faith and not by sight. Um, Second Corinthians chapter five talks about that. So we're not we're called not to live on how we feel, but how, but what the word of God says. Our lives are to be governed by our faith in Jesus Christ. So Romans chapter one, we're going to go to Colossians four in a minute. But Romans chapter one. Um, let's start with verse 17. Everybody's familiar with Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Um, I'll read it just in case you're not. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. Verse 17. For in it, or in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous or the just shall live by faith so we see from this passage this verse the latter part of 17 it says the righteous shall live by faith so we're called as god's people we're called to live by faith everything that we do and everything that we say should be governed by the faith in jesus my other scripture is galatians chapter 2 galatians chapter 2 verse 20 it says this, it says, um, I, it says, for I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So th this, this passage right here tells us who we are. We are to identify our, identify our lives as being crucified with Christ and that we are to live by the faith in, in the Son of God, who is Jesus Christ. So this requires us to monitor, monitor how we live and what we say. It is unacceptable 
to live according to the world system and say anything that we want to say. So this scripture tells us that we're to identify with the crucifixion of Christ and that we are to recognize that it's Christ that lives in us and that the life that we live right now should be governed by our faith in Jesus. So this living by faith is living according to God's word, it's living according to God's principles, it's, it's living according to God's life, his requirements, his holiness. So everything that we do and everything that we say should be governed by our faith in Jesus. When um, Jesus saves us, he, he doesn't just become a part of our life, but he actually he becomes our life. So the life that we live should be governed by who Christ is and what his kingdom has come to, to be established in our lives. And so with that said, let's go to our main text, which is Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. It says, I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. It says, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Read that again. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So Paul is instructing this church as well as us to walk in wisdom, especially for those, towards those who are unsaved. I mean, know that we need the wisdom of God as it relates to unbelievers. Um, here, Paul says, making sure that we are redeeming the time or making the best use of our time wisely. Um, time is more valuable than money. You know, we only have a short amount of time on the earth. And so we need God's wisdom in order to be effective on this earth in this short amount of time. And Paul continues by saying that, um, let let their let our speech always be gra be gracious and seasoned with salt, and that we we ought to know how to answer each person. So what a per powerful way in which to pray! I, I don't know if you ever ever prayed this prayer, verses five and six. Walking wisdom towards the outsider, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to you ought to answer each person. So that's a good prayer to pray. God, give me the wisdom, so that especially wisdom towards unbelievers or people who are outside of the covenant of God. Give me wisdom concerning my time, that I may make the best use of the time, that my speech will always be, be gracious, seasoned with the salt of God's word, that I may know how to answer every man, every person. So we're called to walk in the wisdom of God. So I, I named this God's wisdom in your mouth. Um, James chapter one, verse five tells us that if any of any of us lack wisdom, let us ask of God who uh, who abraseth not, but give it to all liberally. And so we need to pray for God's wisdom. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter two, chapter three, specifically those two chapters to, to seek wisdom and then to seek understanding. And so God would give us those things. So we're to pray daily for the wisdom of God. Why do we need wisdom? We need wisdom in, in order to deal with unbelievers. We need wisdom as it relates to our time. 
So walking in wisdom helps us be more effective in our witness to the unbeliever, effective on our jobs, help us to make the best use of King James says redeeming the time. So we need to seek God for his wisdom so we'll know how to live. Many people live um, in foolishness and they don't live in light of the wisdom of God. And so we need to live allowing the wisdom of God to govern the way that we live. And we could actually say this, the wisdom of God is the word of God. The wisdom of God is the word of God. As you read, especially the book of Proverbs, you see Proverbs is pregnant with the wisdom of God how to deal with foolish people, how to deal with your children, how to deal with your money, how to work. You know, all those things are the, is, is, is a revelation of the wisdom of God, how we should live. So when we pray for the wisdom of God, we're actually praying that God will illuminate our understanding of what his word has said. How do we apply from Genesis to Revelation? How do we apply that to our daily lives? When we, you know, many of us are getting ready to go to work. So as we preparing to go to work and go today by praying for God's wisdom and God by the Holy Spirit leads us in the word. He will give us the wisdom that we need for the day that we can apply. So Proverbs is a great book, but not only Proverbs, we can look at the Old Testament and look at the Old Testament saints and how God dealt with the Old Testament saints. And we can actually see the redemptive history of God's people, how God was interacting with his people. And we can say, okay, God, give me the wisdom. Number one, show me where Christ is in the midst of the Old Testament. And how do I apply what is, what is the timeless truths that are in, embedded in the old testament that i can apply what do i what are you saying from genesis to malachi and then in the new testament we see god's wisdom manifested or christ revealed um first uh, corinthians talks about how christ how god has made christ to be wisdom for us so god's wisdom will save us time will save us energy will save save us money and so we need to seek the wisdom of God, specifically as it relates to the outsiders, those who are not saved. And then it goes on and says, making the best use of time. We need to seek God's wisdom to how to use our time. I think some of us, we waste a lot of time, whether it's on social media, whether it's um, idle talking, dealing with people on our jobs, gossiping, or whether it's, you know, we, we're not being effective in our in the way that we live so we should be intentional in everything that we say and everything that we do and so um and it goes on it says that so that we know how to answer each person and you know you think about the wisdom of god the wisdom of god will um lead us um affect the way that we talk to people verse six it says let your speech always be gracious so we need to make sure that when we speak to people we are we are speaking with God's grace and not just out of anger and so forth. So with that said, let's go to Ephesians chapter four. And, and, and everyone's familiar with the scripture in Psalm 19 verse 14. It says, um, this is a prayer that David is praying. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of, our, of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God. And so that's a good prayer to pray that God help me to speak words that are acceptable in your sight. Help me to have meditations in your presence that will bring you glory, 
And so Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, <clears throat> it talks about speaking the truth in love. So when we speak the truth to anyone, especially unbelievers, we need to do so with the love of God. Let that be the driving force. When you correct a child, you don't correct a child just out of anger, but you correct that child because you want you love that child in such a way that you want the best for that child. And likewise, we need to speak to unbelievers and our brothers and sisters in Christ with love. Let's jump down to verse 25. It says, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. So we're talking about the wisdom of God in your mouth. We need to be careful about, uh, we need to speak the truth. It, unfortunately, there's a lot of Christians who lie. We have lying Christians, which you, you, when you think about that, a Christian is a Christ follower. And we know that Christ is the truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. God is truth. You know, um, his word is truth. And so everything about God is truthful. There's no guile. There's no decept, deception. There's no lies in God. It is impossible, the Bible says in Hebrews, that it's impossible for God to lie. And so here we have um, the truth that Paul is telling them to put away falsehood. Anything that would promote deception, anything that would promote lies, to put away those things, but to speak the truth to one another. And I, I think that the wisdom of God tells us to always speak the truth. Integrity, Proverbs says, integrity is our guide. So we need to make sure that we are people of integrity, that we're willing to, even if it hurts us, we're willing to tell the truth at all costs. We're not going to lie. We're not going to deceive anyone. We're not going to um, tell something that is not true. And so um, God's wisdom tells us to make sure that we're constantly living in truth. Why? What are some of the reasons why we need to tell the truth? Number one, um, it dishonors God when we tell the truth. It damages, number two, it damages our witness. I mean, we want to witness to the world. We want to tell people about Jesus. But if we are found to be liars, why should they believe us when, we, when it comes to Jesus? So we need to speak the truth in love. We need to put away lying. Put that away. Renounce that. Divorce that. And, and make a commitment that says, I'm going to tell the truth even if it hurts me. Even, even if it costs me a friendship. Even if it costs me trust. It's better to be truthful than to actually promote an, a lie and to live under deception. And it goes on and says, uh, verse 26, be angry, do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. It goes on, verse 27, give no place to the devil or no opportunity um, to the devil. One of the ways that we give um, the devil um, an inch or give the devil, um, give a place to the devil is by telling a lie, telling lies. When we tell lies, we're actually inviting the enemy to come into our lives. We're inv we invoke in his spirit to operate in us. Because the Bible calls, Jesus called the devil, the father of lies. And so when we lie, we are operating and living like the devil. Just keep that in mind. That, that should 
bring a, a sobriety or a soberness to our lives that when we lie, we are operating as Satan. We're operating just like he does because the devil is the father of lies. He's the father of deception. When people lie, they are deceiving. And so God's wisdom says, if you lie, if you don't put away falsehood, then you are giving place to the devil. And then it goes on and says, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hand, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Verse 29, it says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And so here we see that Paul is exhorting the church of Ephesus to put away corrupting, corrupt talk. Um, it's amazing how many professing Christians will use profanity, cussing, and, and, and that doesn't bring glory to God. It's never, it's never an excuse to use profanity. It doesn't matter how angry you are. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. Uh, no matter how, what is going on, we need to guard our mouths. The wisdom God tells us, don't lie, speak the truth in love, and put away corrupt talking. Put away profanity. Put away gossiping. Anything that will corrupt a, someone else's character, put away gossiping. You know, um, some some believers they they get especially on the work on your job, it's easy to start gossiping, just start talking about your supervisor or even at church talking about your pastor and and, and the leadership and what they like and what they don't like, uh, and what they doing and and, and if, if you were the pastor, I I remember being a youth pastor, even being a minister of a, of, of certain churches, and I would complain in my mind. I would be like, well, if I was pastor, I would do this. And, and Lord knows I wasn't even trying to be a pastor and now I'm in their shoes. So I, you know, I'm, I, I have sowed seeds and complaining and not realizing what, where that person is coming from. The same way with a supervisor. When, when, when a person is, is, is your supervisor and you're talking about them and talking about what they're doing and what they're not doing, we got to be careful because one day we may be supervisors in a certain area and the same people, the same seeds that we sown we ourselves will reap. And it goes on and talks about, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And so by allowing corrupt speech to come out of us, we are grieving the Holy Spirit. So above all, if you don't get anything out of this today, please get that when we speak things that are not truthful, things that are not filled with God's grace, things that are uh, corrupt, we are grieving the Holy Spirit. Many people don't realize, but the Holy Spirit is a real person. And that when we speak words that are not truthful as Christians, as a person who's sealed with the Holy Spirit, when we speak things that are not lifting um, people up in grace, then we are grieving the precious Holy Spirit. And so what, what, what are some of the takeaways? We need to pray that our words be filled with grace. So this, today, I, I challenge everyone to pray that your words will be filled with grace, that God will fill your words with grace. God, give me words that, that will minister grace to the hearers. What is God's grace? It's God's 
God's love, God's ability to do the impossible, God's faith. So when we talk about grace, we're talking about the very thing that we're saved by, the very thing that we stand in. And so God's grace um, will minister to the. Now, I'm not saying that we don't tell people the truth because we do. We need to tell people the truth. If, if, if you got a situation that is, is somebody operating in, in, in lies and deception, we, it's our responsibility as Christians and even as um, human beings to go to that person and say, hey, hey, what you're doing is, is wrong. I'm not saying that we got to go correct everyone, but especially for those people close to us that we're willing to tell the truth, even if a person is not willing to. But we do it in such a way that is loving, that is uplifting, that will let them know that, hey, we're here to help to get you out of a situation. And so the takeaway is to speak the truth in love, pray that your words will be filled with grace, put away lying. You're, I promise you, today you will have an opportunity to lie. Don't, don't, lie, don't yield to it. Don't yield to it. You'll have an opportunity to gossip today. Don't do it. When, 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 a, co when a coworker comes around and talks about what, what's wrong with the company, what's wrong with the supervisor, realizing that your paycheck, God uses your job to meet your needs. So God is God gave you that job, even if it's not your dream job. He gave you that job to make sure that you're taken care of. That is the pro providence of God to take care of you is your job. You know, we pray, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Well, your daily bread comes through your job. And so be careful about speaking against the provision of the Lord. And you may say, well, my supervisor isn't right. Uh, sh 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 the company is, is corrupt. Well, do you know that God allows uh, uh, ungodly companies to exist so that he can take care of his children? He allows um, persecution to come so it can bring us to our knees so that we can always be depending upon God. He puts us in hostile situations. God does. He puts us in hostile situations so that we can learn how to trust him and be light in a, in a perverse generation, in, in, a, in, a, in an area where there's dark. God puts Christians in the midst of darkness to be a light. So don't complain and don't come against the providence of God about your job, about your family. God allowed us to be born in dysfunctional families so that we can bring light, that we can be a blessing, that we can bring correction. Uh, God allows us to live in neighborhoods that, that, that are perhaps dangerous so that we can be the one who's praying, the one who's interceding, the ones who telling the truth. God allows us to, 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 to be around brothers and sisters who, who, who need help. We ourselves need help. And so I, I just want to leave with you that we are needy people and we also are needed people. We are needed. We, we, we need God's grace. So we need to be gracious towards others. We need to be merciful. The Bible says, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy from the Lord. So God allows us to, to show mercy to others so that we ourselves can receive mercy. God allows us to um, to be in situations that we can put our trust in him and, and say, you know what, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. Fill my mouth with grace. May I speak grace. May I be may I speak a word to a person that will lift them up. May, maybe I'll, I'll be the person, you know, a person, whatever position you work at, wherever you work, 
you, you know, most of us deal with people. May, may my smile be such a, a smile that will bring questions about the faith that I have in Jesus. I'm not saying that we're to go around having a Joel Osteen smile all the time, but, but we're to have the joy of the Lord. So we need to live in such a way that we're operating joy, no matter what's going on in our lives. You know, and so I, I want to leave you with that, that we need to pray that God, God will fill our words with his grace. That, that our words will be filled with his grace. Our words will be truthful. We will speak the truth in love. We will put away pervert, per, um, corrupt words. We won't allow those things to come out of our mouths. And that we will speak words that are acceptable in the sight of God. Father I, Father, I do thank you for this opportunity to speak the word of God to your people. Give us your wisdom so that we can make use of our time, that we can reach the lost, the outsiders. And Father, fill our words with grace. Fill our words with truth. May we be truth tellers. May we speak the truth in love. May, may our words be clothed with your grace. I thank you, Father, that you, you, you do care about what we say. Father, may we live by faith. May our, our faith in Jesus govern our mouths. May our faith in Jesus govern our lives. May we live as the light. May we be a light wherever we are. May we be the light in Jesus' name. Amen.